check out all the episodes of the Table of Truth on our website, www.tableoftruth.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Table of Truth. This is your man, Cam, the special edition. This is our monthly show called Blurred Lines. We're going to be talking about geeky comic stuff and keep it in that realm. And that means comics and TV, comics and movies, you know, comics that are um, comic books themselves. And we're going to drop this once a month. It's going to be really fun. We're going to try to do a little bit of a book club. We're also going to review whatever movie came out and also TV shows. Uh, with me are my guests. First off, we have Josh. Good day. <laughs> and a- we- AKA the Black Professor Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also have Cliff joining me. What's up? What's up? What's up? Ready to get into this uh, Captain Marvel spicy talk? <laughs> <laughs> Blow your roll there, sir. And I asked you, why do you hate women? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're, um, first, before we started off, talk about this, like superhero fatigue and it, do we have too much superhero crap out right now? Is that, that's the, that's a good thing. That's, that's a good place to start first. That's like, nonsense. Is it just- we do not. <laughs> that is absolute nonsense. Do now, I think, I think at the, at the, I don't think we're at the, first of all, I don't think we're at a saturation point. One, two, I think we were when there was a ratio of bad to good, like the bad to good ratio is higher on the bad side, but pretty much everything is like the most, the majority of stuff that's come out over the last, let's call it 10 years. It's been in a steady uptick qualitatively. So yeah. I would say absolutely not. Uh, Cliff, what you think? So I don't know if I'd call it oversaturation, but I do think we're at like an inflection point for superhero movies because um, we're being bombarded with with so much. And even though DC has had their problems, it's like Aquaman was a huge hit. Obviously, Wonder Woman a few years back was a hit. As bad as Suicide Squad was, that was a hit. And apparently Shazam reviews, early reviews are pretty good and it's looking to shape out like that's going to be a pretty big hit. So. we're having a little bit of, of DC, at least box office-wise, potentially catching up to Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say inflection point because, you know, we could have a situation where DC and Marvel box office might start to be a little bit more on par. Um, I think, you know, thinking about, all right, Endgame is in April, right? And then uh, is, home, is uh, Far From Home in May? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, April, May. Actually, it might be probably June, July. It might still be on the July schedule. Okay, the okay. game got pushed up because it's supposed to be May, but now they changed to April. Okay. I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think Spider Man's in July. <clears throat> Shazam is like what summertime too. Is it sooner yes. than that? No, or is it? I thought it was sooner than that. No, no, I remember. But also too, you also have all the the TV shows too. Like so, say for instance, like Umbrella Academy hit on Netflix, and like a lot of non comic people were like, "Yo, what's this?" And they really enjoyed it. They thought it was quirky and cool, and it had like a it's a different take, and it kind of um to me it helped uh like push forward Netflix after they had to drop after they had to cut all the Marvel shows off. Right. And so it was kind of like, oh, they lost the Marvel shows. What are they going to do? They drop a cut on Bella Academy and everyone's like, oh, all right, they're going to be fine. And then they're just going to keep it moving. So mm. Shazam is, I just looked it up real quick. Shazam is April 5th. Oh, okay. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, early I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah. I think on Netflix, uh, it doesn't feel like fatigue their shows because they're so different from the, the, the movies. Like there's so much on a, street level type of show that 
it doesn't feel the same as these massive, uh, massive superhero uh, temples like you know Iron Man or the Avengers or right or Thor. So you know Punisher feels like a gritty um, soldier. Uh, I don't know if soldier procedural is the right word, but um, yeah, that's the accurate that, description. That's what it feels like. So it's definitely you know he just happens to be a comic book character. Daredevil, um, even though he's is a costume dude, you know it's kind of all about his personal struggles and the people around him and trying to, uh, uh, I guess, exist in this world as a righteous man, but, you know, kicking ass. So I don't know. That doesn't feel like an oversaturation. Um, I, I, I guess I sympathize partially with people that do feel that way because there's so much coming at us. But um, I mean, if Marvel's formula, Marvel's formula is holding so tight that it's not feeling like um, I'm not feeling like, damn, I'm, I'm ready for Marvel movies to end. Yeah, I think the, you know, on a movie level, I could see the fatigue. On a TV show level, those are all doing pretty solid. Even with the announcement of, like, Arrow is going to be ending after this next season. Okay, um, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. But you have, like, you know, Doom uh, Doom Patrol is really doing really good. Mm-hmm. You know, Titans was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you know, Netflix is rolling out Jupiter's Legacy from uh, Malar Malar World, which is a, it's a pretty bonkers like story, and I can mm. see it as a TV show. Basically, once Netflix bought Malar World, I knew that Netflix was gonna be fine because like I think the most interesting thing to me that for there is like Umbrella Academy was almost like their test to see if they can pull something from comics image that wasn't mainstream. That's, yep, that's not mainstream, mm-hmm. aka like Guardians mm-hmm. and a bunch of misfits like Guardians. Put them in, put them on screen, and then make you like them. And at the end, everyone's like, "Man, I like these characters." And yeah, so, Umbrella Academy is X Men done right. Yeah, if you want to put it that way. I resent how correct that statement. is. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really resent how accurate that statement is. Yeah, they, they did a, a good job in X Men. Yeah, yeah, they, they did a good job. I mean, I, and it's interesting because it's by the dude from uh, My Chemical Romance. Which I did not yeah. know until you I told me. Yeah. yeah, 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 he did it, and so, and there's only two books. The second book to me is better than the first one, but it's definitely mm-hmm. dope altogether. And um, the way they translated the book to the TV show was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the book, just like all comics, is fantastical, and so they they definitely took some of the pieces that I thought that were really, really cool and fleshed it out more. Like, say, for instance, Cha-Cha and Hazel in the book don't really have that big of a role, but they're just as impactful. And in the show, they actually make them a... They made a really good job. Like, Mary J. Blige surprised me. Shout Whoa. out to Mary J. Wow. I, did not I didn't even Mary realize... I did not realize that that was her. That's how, like, until halfway through. She was, she was stopping in like... you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she did a good job. I was like... I didn't Maybe even know she was in right it. Now it's kind of like Keanu Reeves. It's like as long as you get her in the right role, it's like if she can be it. Her, her Cha Cha. That was that was her name, right? Or is that yeah, yeah. Cha Cha? Yeah. So she's kind of like uh, that's like four one one Mary that they put into Umbrella yeah. Academy. She's like nah. this emotionless woman that is ready to kick people's ass, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, she it was a dope. good job. And honestly, she, you know, this is her second Netflix thing because she did, uh, what was the show? Uh, was it Mudbound? Yeah. I think it was something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah she yeah. was in that. So like, I think it's dude. Props to her, man. Whoever her booking agent is, like, literally, like, just I like like these type of roles where you just find under the radar, but you do a solid job. That's how mm-hmm. you get those consistency stuff. That's really, really dope. That was some dope casting. 
Because yeah. she got to she got to pay alimony to her husband, so she needs the money. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no women slander talk on this podcast, sir. Equal <laughs> opportunity but alimony. Come on. <laughs> it was it was rock solid though, man. It was it was. I, I was pleasantly surprised by the whole thing from start yep. to finish. Yeah, man. They had a lot of fun, and I think the um, it, it just it showed the good shades of things to come where. You know, Netflix drops so much stuff all the time. They're making all these deals, or they have—they've really bolstered their uh, foreign um, contingency of stuff that they're putting mm-hmm. in. So there's tons of like Korean stuff and Chinese and Indian and um, even stuff from Israel, and like that. Yeah. Anime as well. Like, I actually saw. Did you guys see a trailer for Shadow? Yes. No. Yeah, that, that looked I'm, interesting. It's like a I'm, South I'm African. Um, basically, I, to me, it looked like almost like a South African Punisher, honestly. Or a Luke Cage. Uh, or a Luke Cage is kind of a thing. But it looked it looked solid. It looked cool. I was like, I definitely want to check it out. So yep, I, I'm here for it. I like I like the approach that Netflix is going because they're just having a lot of fun and they're trying things because they they know they can't really compete in the suit and capes type situation. <laughs> and I'm glad that they don't. And they just try to and do their own thing. Because we're not going to have a hundred plus million dollar budgets, you know? Yeah. You and know, I think that's something that keeps superhero movies or comic book movies fresh is if you get these indie books like Malar World or Umbrella Academy, and you're not seeing the same imagery. I think that's a big thing is like the imagery of guys in capes and bright suits. As long as you get variety, I think that's going to keep the genre alive for a while. Yeah. So I, here's, a, here's a question, though. <laughs> Do you think that Netflix will run into an oversaturation problem because their their approach is already sort of a sort of a you know boil a spaghetti and throw it against the wall and see what sticks because they've sure. got, they've got a ton of content and I mean to say not all of it is good is relative because I feel like on the one hand yes there's some stuff that doesn't really that doesn't really hit but the hits that hit are humongous. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't out, think. Do you think they'll? Good. Good. I don't think so because Malar World is different from what people know as comic book movies. Mm-hmm. And if Image gets into selling some of their properties to Netflix to develop, all those things are so different than what we know as superhero slash comic book movies. That right. You could have series go uh, series happen that they go through the whole run, people love it, and then afterwards they find that it's based on a comic book. Yeah, you know? I think that's the mm-hmm. thing too, is like a lot of the Millar world uh, books are really, really cool. And his style of writing is basically like for TV and movies anyways. And yeah. so I off like right when I heard they bought them out, like off five off uh, offhand, I already knew five books that could easily translate into a TV show or a movie. And so they're they really are gearing up for the uh, <clears throat> the eventual ending of their Disney contract, which takes all the Disney stuff properties away and the Marvel properties away and the Star right. Wars properties away. Right. So I think it's going to be really interesting because I think when finally when Disney drops their streaming, takes all their crap out, and now Netflix has to be, okay, now nah, we can only use our stuff, I think they'll be in a good situation where they're like, well, that's fine. Look at all the stuff that we've been doing. And I think that they've been taking some pretty good steps to, to prep for that now and kind of just be like, hey, we like having the Disney stuff on our platform, but we don't mm-hmm. need it, you know? What do you think that's going to do for Hulu, though? Where do you think that's going to leave them? I don't know. I think Hulu might still be the the middle ground of TV shows. Mm. And I think that's where it's kind of been right now. Like, right now, people go to Hulu, and then they'll watch, like, you know, Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy, you know, Seth Meyers, all the Food Network stuff, HGTV, you know, Desert Desert Flippers and all that kind Mm. of crap. And then house, house hunters. It's like yep. it's, it's the it's the, the the streaming service you go to where you can watch shows with your girlfriend uh, Saturday <laughs> Sunday morning. That is very sexist of you, Cliff. <laughs> Once again, that's number two, sir. 
That is and number true. two. And true. I'm using I'm saving all mine for Captain Marvel. I'm not gonna waste it early. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's actually true because I mean there's a lot of shows, you know, the ABCs, NBC, that kind of stuff that you can go on there and watch. Plus, right. honestly, not for nothing, Hulu's been voice uh bolstering up their anime as well. And like they're, yes, they're dropping some some really like some good, like top-notch, like dropping right now animes now. So to a point where like I almost was like, oh man, I really don't need my Crunchyroll subscription because mm-hmm. at the Hulu's doing a pretty good job, but there's still some really, really dope stuff on Crunchyroll that you know there's like mm. exclusive. Yeah, jumping off what Cam said, because I have a, a anime list here of a bunch of classics that either I, I started years ago or just never got into. And you know, I found a decent number of them on Hulu. Right now I'm on Roroni Kenshin. So mm. um yeah, there's, there's a lot of good uh anime on there. So you looked off camera like you got a wall of of a- <laughs> no, I do. I got a uh, I got a whiteboard with like the erasable uh, marker that I listed all the anime I gotta watch. Kill a kill. <laughs> Oh man, you haven't yeah, you haven't seen Fully Cooly or Kill a Kill. No, no, I've seen I've seen Fully Cooly. It's just I never. Oh, I was about to say. Oh, uh, well, Kill a Kill out of the newer stuff is probably one of the. I would put that up more on the list because that shit is pretty dope. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same animators from Fully Cooly, but it's just like a a bonkers freaking storyline. But I tried, I tried Gurren Lagann, couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah, it's not for it. it, Yeah, same. Yeah, it it's. You know what it is? It, it has the same. It's the same tenement of uh, anime that you think of anime, but I think it pays off later on. But that first five to six kind of like mm. it's rough. It's yeah, um, I just finished uh, Goblin Slayer. That shit was dope. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna start that. That's really, 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 really good. I got sidetracked um, by the expense. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Um, Completely sidetracked. But I think you know. <clears throat> and then there's also stuff that we don't watch, like. I haven't watched uh, Deadly Class, which is on Sci-Fi. Mm, yeah, and, yeah, and the comic is awesome. Actually, the comic is really, really dope. Um, and I like, I like Rick Remender. It's like I like who's one of my favorite writers. Um, sure. A lot of the that he does. So that's something I got to really catch up eventually. I still haven't done it yet, but that's another one on the list. But like, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a good thing that they have. There's so many options now, and I think that's the one thing that Netflix will get to. Though they'll they'll present the comic book stuff, not just superhero stuff. And I think that's right, what right, right. that's what's going to separate them from uh, the big Marvels and the DCs. Mm. And speaking of Marvel, did you guys watch Captain Marvel? Segway hashtag Segway. Yeah, you guys didn't know I'm a, I'm a veteran at this. <laughs> uh huh. I'm I'm gonna sip some water while Cliff, <laughs> Cliff answers that question first. Listen, uh, uh, first thing I'll say is. First think, things first. First things first. <laughs> it was good, but well, so this is what we're doing. Well, no. So, so yeah. then, well, this is what we're doing. So we're gonna do our Captain Marvel review. We're gonna mm-hmm. split it up. The first half is going to be about the positives, and the second half is gonna be about the negatives. Because we have and, lots to say. And we're purposely doing that because I think by separating it out, that could be a little bit more constructive than freaking just ranting about it like I did after I watched it. <laughs> yeah, because we'll be all over the place. Yo, I, I was, when I was talking to you about it, I was like, damn, Cam is in, is in his bag on this. Yeah, if y'all saw, man, people watching this, if you saw our chat, <laughs> our chat, oh my God, it was just all over the place. All all over the place. It was terrible. But before we get to the negatives, let's yes, start yes, positive. Yes, yes, uh, yes. All right. So Captain Marvel came out this past weekend, made a shitload of money, almost uh, half a billion. I think worldwide, 160 in America, four clap, something. Clap, clap. Yeah, super dope. Um, and sorry, uh, Academy Award winner Brie Larson. True. Mm-hmm. Wait, did, did Sam Jack have an award? No. Nah. Um, well, did he win one? He might have. That's a good question. Well, we yeah. have the Googles. Yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, yo, so 
so uh it's uh yeah brie larson you got sam jack you got jude law um but uh yeah came out this weekend Mm -hmm. uh set in the 90s they had a lot of fun with that that's one thing i would say like the the corniness of the plugs of the 90s was funny and it was corny, but it still was funny. They're just like, oh, I need a communication device. Where do I go? Point. Radio Shack. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so I, I thought to communicate with someone. Yeah. How do I do that? Oh, a two-way pager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that it, it was funny, and it, it, it kind of made it, you know, for the 90s kids out there, we all laughed at all the 90s jokes, which is cool. I was um, not a child in the 90s. I was a grown man. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Uh, old man in the group <laughs> but in general though i like the the kree and the scrolls i thought they were cool i thought the yep. designs were awesome the world yes. they was cool they did a really good job of kind of explaining uh supreme intelligence i thought um not in the comics it's kind of more of a faceless blob of thingy and then they kind of just let it be well, more that's, that's probably the best trillion tentacles yeah yeah that was cool um, <clears throat> yeah agreed. i like i like that they um you know they showed a lot more of the kree and just kind of their world and what you know how advanced they were and what they were doing that showed that that was kind of cool to kind of set that um i like that the scrolls the way they were were really dope like how they you know transformed even like their ships and stuff like that that was cool mm-hmm. uh on the Captain Marvel herself's part, I thought that she fit with the continuity of the of the of the group. So her and the cast members, it actually worked. Um, I'm not gonna say that how that she was the best part of it, but she didn't like distract out of that. Right. But I thought you know the whole cast around it, like it was cool, a nice little uh, Coulson uh, cameo that was awesome. Definitely. And, uh, and his uh, hair. And his, his hair. Was amazing. <laughs> his hair is on point. Uh, <laughs> Trying to think what else in my pot. Oh, uh, what's her name? Lashana Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, she killed yeah. it. She was awesome. Agreed. I like. I, I like. Probably had one of the best moment, the best moment in the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought that was really cool. But them two, their interactions was really cool, and she was uh, a true blue friend in terms of how the interactions were. And I thought that the way they they treated her and Monica Rambeau in the yes. context of Captain Marvel was really, really dope. And I thought that yes. was, I was really curious to see how they were going to do it. And I thought they did a really good job. Yes. So Josh, you mind if I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a list. So, please. <laughs> so I think <laughs> off the bat, the probably the first 10 to 15 minutes, I think they did a really good job setting up the world initially and doing mm-hmm. their, uh, kind of time jump thing where we're trying, where we're finding out with her about her past and um, trying to, to piece it together. So I think that was done really good. I think um, the initial setup of her relationship with uh, Jor Kim. Can you give me the name of Jude Law's character? Jor oh, or something? Yeah. John Rog. Yeah, John Rog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all knew at the beginning of the movie he was going to be a bad guy. That was, there was no mystery about that. At some point later, that guy. Um, but I think their relationship was kind of cool off the bat. Um, I think when they set it up where she's kind of like she's she knows her powers but she's kind of holding them back because you know i he, he keeps telling her to but then also i think she has like an inhibitor in her neck to keep her from going crazy um i think that was good because it gave us some type of parameters about what she couldn't couldn't do you right know, which i'm not gonna go into the negatives but just you know that is what it is um but then also going on later in the movie and then her early relationship with Nick Fury and the kind of lethal weapon vibe that it had. Mm. I thought that was really cool. That was one of the best parts of the movie. Uh, surprisingly, in chemistry. Um, 
I thought that, again, Lashana Lynch did a really good job. She actually gave uh, emotional weight to the movie that um, if it wasn't for her, it wouldn't be there. Um, there, there would not be any emotional weight. Uh, they did call, catch me off guard with the whole scrolls switching to good guys thing. At first, mm. I was waiting for the scrolls to flip it on them and be like, haha, we're just kidding. We're actually the bad guys. But then it didn't never happen. And when it didn't happen, I was like, oh, that's cool. I dig that. That's actually really smart. Yeah, um, that was a uh, that was different. So yeah, I think those were. Yeah, that was definitely different. And I weird. thought they did a good job of uh, doing so, that. You know, that, that was fine. Mm. Um, and then main oh you're breaking up a little bit yeah oh can you hear me yeah yeah there you go now we can yeah okay uh the dude that was the main scroll um uh oh middle ben middleton yeah he was really good he's uh, awesome he he kind of he saved it in terms of like uh a character he he actually had a character arc out of mm. the many characters in the movie he was the one that had probably the the best character arc even though um when you think back to it he was always doing good or trying to work to good it's just that they set him up to be the bad guy and then his change later so um yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah no nah, he was dope man he he's definitely a bright spot like he was great yeah yeah i thought he like he really killed he killed it to the point where i was just like I mean, I like him as an actor, and he's really funny. Um, I had previously saw him in Robin Hood, and he was over the top stupid in it. But um, but he totally killed it, dude. Um, Josh, go ahead. What? Tell tell him why you're mad. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. no, no. Positive only. Positives first. Um, I thought that it, it seemed it seemed to mostly know where it was going and what it was trying to accomplish. Uh, there's a lot of negative criticism about Brie Larson's delivery. I personally liked it because she's a no-nonsense soldier. She's a warrior, you know, so if this was a dude and he was emotionless, cough Tom Cruise, cough, cough Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, if it was a dude, we wouldn't be having that discussion. So she did what you see people doing when they're, when they're you know, trained military people. The emotion kind of shuts off. And they kind of just go about the business of the business. So I thought that was great. I thought just in general, her portrayal of uh, of a soldier was pretty solid. Um, what else? The 90s thing at times was a little overkill, but for the most part was dope. Uh, oh, and Cam, I promised, uh, I promised a mutual friend of ours uh, designer made a dork on IG. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Uh, that <laughs> hey, I was going to... That I was gonna uh, hit on some points that she and I talked about because we were we stayed up until like two o'clock in the morning texting each other. Uh, so and I agree with all of these, so it's not like I'm just parroting what she said. So she felt, and this is probably gonna create a third uh, sort of lane for the for the discussion. But she also felt that this was better than Wonder Woman in terms of a woman sort of being self determining. Uh, and sort of, you know, like there was no point where she was led by the men in the movie. They were all there as guides. Um, she felt that to you, yeah, she felt that it was, it was, you know, there was no Chris Pine sort of being like, you know, well, no, we have to do this this way. Everybody kind of got out of her way um, and sort of just let her rock. Like, all right, we're following you. Where are we going? All right, cool. No problem. And 
to be fair, that is not something that you see in a lot of female-led films, particularly female-led action films. Uh, let me stop you there. It's woman-led. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for the correction. A woman-led, woman-led film. Um, woman. Woman. Uh, let's see, what else did she? Um, yeah, she felt, you know, by contrast, she felt that Wonder Woman sort of pivoted around the male characters as opposed to the opposite. The men sort of pivoting around her and being like, oh, so this is what we're doing, and then going and doing that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they you know, and, and, you know, to expand on that a little bit, I feel like, you know, these guys were all guides. Like, they were there to assist her. They were literally supporting actors who were there to sort of help her accomplish her mission and not guys who were basically like, okay, woman, this is what we're going to do. And then she goes off and does it, but, you know, executes their plan as opposed to sort of, like I said, being sort of self-determined and, you know, uh, execute, you know, coming up with a plan. I mean, she had no idea what was going on through half the movie, but she led the investigation. She found all the clues. She, you know, she decided where, where, what, when, how, and why. She so, was the, uh, the badass of the, of the flick. Um, yes, but a little bit more nuanced than that. She was the decision maker. What's it called? Uh, um, <laughs> the other thing that I thought was cool was the aspect of like the clues that were kind of like unraveled as they went. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't, that did the, I thought the story and the pacing was fine and the plot, yes. plot the, and, and, the, and those aspects. So all the, all the parts that Marvel does really well, story pacing, plot, get you where you need to go. Cool. I thought those are all awesome. The Marvel formula. It, yeah. The board formula worked fine. Sure. Um, and I think that the, uh, the supporting cast in general was awesome. We also saw Sam Jack, yo, Sam Jack, he basically was playing his character from long kiss. Good night. If you have never watched that movie, you need to go watch it. It's like, it's, sure. it's a, it's an underrated classic just in the fact that he's hilarious. And, but Gina Davis also was awesome in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that aspect of it was good. So it kind of led the plot to keep it moving. Um, now let's go to the negatives. Mm -hmm. So on that end, can I can I push back a little bit against what Josh said in terms of Brie Larson? Um, for me, I didn't that much care for her Captain Marvel. Um, okay, and it's not her fault. I think that she was not written very well. Um, wow. Okay. I think that Cap the movie Captain Marvel got unfortunately placed so close to Endgame that maybe they couldn't devote the time to developing her character. Mm -hmm. The way that um, she needed to be, in my opinion, um, she had little to no character development. She was just <clears throat> the same throughout the whole movie, in, mm -hmm. in my opinion. This, Interesting. The only way she wasn't the same was just the fact of her uh, realizing what her origin was. Uh, I think that was the only point where she had any type of development. Other than that, she was just kind of the same. And <clears throat> I saw people making the um, the point that, you know, She's playing a cocky pilot like a lot of guys do. Um, I think that she was playing the caricature of a male cocky pilot. And that's what my problem was. And I think that's my, and that comes to my, like, my, uh, my, my, my disappointment. So before I even start, one, I don't like Captain Marvel Carol Zanners. I think she's a whack-ass character. She is not cool. She is not cool. Are you mad? Yo, she is not cool in the comics. They've rebooted it. They really literally reboot, rebooted her book at least five times within the last 10 years. Um, the last really good story, Carol Danvers-centered story, was Avengers Affinity, which was really good. And it made Excellent. 
what made one it made perfect sense it was set in space it was the avengers in space and it was with a a big cosmic collatic uh thing catastrophe thing she ran things 100 and it was really dope and that was the first time i was like yo she is really dope. But I, and this is me as a comic book nerd going back to the Warbird times and going back to those times. So, with all the reading I've read, like, and again, I worked at Marvel for disclosure at for two years, and then, and she is very, very beloved, is the uh, from the employee standpoint. Like, they really, from an employee standpoint, a lot of people really wanted it, wants this to be their Wonder Woman. And it was going to be on a money wise, but in terms of like, and so because of that, I, it made me actually go back and real, really reread uh, Captain Marvel stuff with a fresh set of eyes. But every time I kept going back, I'm like, yo, she's really boring. She's very stale. There's really nothing about her. Like, there's, I don't really, you know, there's not like, I like Mockingbird. I like other characters there in the, in the in, in MU, Black Widow, but Carol Danvers for me has always just been boring. Like, there's really nothing to her that gives me that that thing that, oh, you're really a badass. You, that you, should quote unquote deserve to be a, a top three or whatever that's going to mean, you know? How did you so, feel about her in Secret Invasion? Because I thought she was she was central and she was great. She was central and she was solid. Uh, and again, it, again, it just like she was there because they needed to throw her in there, as opposed to she was there. You think so? Yeah, I just, I just, there's again, maybe I have to go read okay. it again. But like one of the things I kept looking for is, is like usually, and um, we can even do like a, a worse, like Civil War Two was fucking horrible. She was awful, and uh, I, I don't yeah. read much Captain Marvel, but Civil War Two, <sighs> Civil was so, War II, she was awful. Yeah, I mean, it was a bad story it to begin with, written. but like it just like her character, the way they they pivot her as being that, it just didn't, it just didn't work. You know, it's it, just like it was. It, it's like it, I know, so I many know things about that that made no sense. I know sense. Carol Danvers is smarter than this. Exactly. There you go. And right. I, I think, and I think that's right. my that's my point. I think, right. you know, I almost expect better. Like if she is supposed to be a Wonder Woman type of level, there's a there's a certain level of gravitas that Wonder Woman has, whether you uh, read a comic book of hers or not. But if you pick up a comic and you read Wonder Woman, you're like, oh, Amazon Queen. Yep, I'm with it. But you right. can pick up Captain Marvel, you're like, okay, B-level character, kind of, oh, you're an Avenger. You're a leader? Really? Like, so anyways, I have all the extra baggage, and then I watch Captain Marvel. So I'm watching Captain Marvel with the intent to be... You're tainted. No, no, I actually want it to be better, because I would, I, it, would be, it would be something like, hey, I don't like this character. You guys got to convince me. And I walk in, I'm like, oh, cool, that dope. Now I'm being convinced. But instead, it was just like, oh, man, are you kidding me, dude? It was, it's like some of the dialogue was just so cringeworthy. And it was. And that's, and that's another point. That's a good point right there, because a lot of the dialogue isn't really for developing the story or deepening the story. Yeah. It's like just all to us that, hey, this is our message. You know what I mean? Instead of it just flowing. Yeah. Like, and. and- Wonder Woman flowed. The dialogue flowed. It, it was weaved into the narrative, but also also weaved into the larger um, idea about uh, female empowerment or women empowerment. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it was just so the message was so ham fisted in Captain Marvel. But yeah, well, yeah. yeah it's just, just like a wink, wink, and a nudge, nudge every two seconds. I'm like, dude, we know she's a badass. We do. We know that this is a, a quote unquote girl power movie. That's awesome. But like you like you beating me over the head with it could repeatedly it was just like dude are you serious and so my thing was like every dude was either bumbling incompetent or toxic 
And that was like the of literally every dude that was in the film. Now, to be to a good point, I think uh, Dorka also brought this up. That you know, I think it was Dorka that was saying that like in a Bond movie, you know, you have all these like badass women spies, and they're like all of a sudden now they're damsel in distress, like they don't know how to be a spy. So that's that's a very valid and an actual great comparison. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like to me on for Cap Marvel, it was like okay, let's think of everything that dudes do in movies against women. Let's do the exact opposite, but do but then crank it up to hundred. <laughs> Well, I think, but I think, so I think two things. One, you're absolutely right. I think that they definitely did flip that trope on its ear. I think, I think it was, it it could have been to better effect. I think it was a little bit more hardcore because seeing Sam Jackson is just this hapless dude, you know, this hapless shield agent, which should not go hand in hand. Yeah, uh, that but, was a lot. That but was a did, lot. to be honest, his his comedic beats were probably the best of the movie, sure. and and the parts with him and Cat Marvel were really good parts of the movie. Sure. However, back to for me for Brie Larson, like she was just mad stale. Like she was like kind of like what Cliff said. She was playing a, a caricature of a copy a cocky uh, pilot, and I was like, there's a point of it where I'm just like. <laughs> Even her um, her jokes are kind of flying flat. Now, that's just only for me because, again, one thing I also recognize as well, which I, I'm glad I did watch the movie, is because I also realized that this movie is not necessarily for me. And mm. that's me as a male, a, a male, a comic book geek of over 30 years watching yeah, this movie. Yeah. And so that's what you got to So you had to accept that aspect. And that's and to that point, I went with my girlfriend and she totally loved it. Every quip that she had, every sarcasm, every little thing, she was on it. She laughed at every part. She like she was really she loved that she was a badass, the way she was acting and all that kind of stuff. The, everything. And, and, and that was a good point for me to realize, OK, this is movie was not necessarily for me specifically. This is Yeah. And that's, a, that's another thing that I was wondering. It was like, even though. Uh, objectively, as moviegoers and, and fans of comic books, that we can pick out all these things that are glaringly wrong. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, does how women feel coming out of that movie empowered and strengthened and emotional, does that mean more than objectively how we can pick out everything yep. that's wrong with it? Yeah. I say uh, yes. Yep. I say, and to answer that, I say yes because it's the same way we felt about coming out of Black Panther. Like, mm-hmm. You can't true. Have, you, nobody, no one white could come to you and tell you that movie was <laughs> subpar. No one, like, because you, the backlash would be more, like, you can't, like, there's nothing point, there, there are some substantive issues with Black Panther, don't, like, we all three of us have discussed it ad nauseum at this point from February to now, um, that there were some issues, but those, but those issues didn't, by any stretch of the imagination, overshadow how good that film was. Just from a storytelling standpoint, from an acting standpoint, from a directorial standpoint, how it weaves into MCU, but sort of stands on its own. I think for me, I feel like my issues with Captain Marvel are outside of Brie Larson. I, I Her performance could have been a little better, but I think the portrayal of and how they positioned the character and as, as Dorka put it, you know, had, whereas Wonder Woman had her pivoting around men, the men were definitely pivoting around her. I agree it was a little ham-fisted at times, but I think it was, I personally, I think it was necessary. That's how much, that, as, you know, thinking from the standpoint of how we see Black people portrayed in films, thinking about how women see these characters portrayed in films, they might have needed to go a little hard on that. It might have needed to be a little hardcore and so that, I, uh, so that it stands out and it's clear that but she see, but here, is... Let me, let me say this, though, in terms Go. of, of uh, how I 
feel that Marvel thinks. It's like Marvel is aware of the temperature that's going on in society right now and is extremely sure. smart on their yep. part. So on one level, we can say that they did it overtly because that's what was needed. But on another level, we can say that, you know, it's market tested that if they do these things overtly, they're going to have women leaving the theater in these emotional highs to come back a second weekend to make sure that box office goes near a billion. And, I, you know, that's cynical on my part. But no, it's um, not because I did the same thing. I had the same thought process with BP. Yeah, I, and, and and did the same thing with Batman. And so. also, too, the other thing was, you know, the I think for Captain Marvel, I think the from just from again, mean just not liking the character and then not enjoying mm-hmm. the movie was because to me it, it was giving that it was a kind of the say telling me she's a badass, but it didn't show me. Like right, I didn't yeah. really, I did not believe it, any of it, and, and like maybe close to the part where she was fighting Ronan and she destroyed one of the ships, I was like, oh, dope, she has some OP powers. But like you're trying to convince me that she's like better than the Hulk, and I'm like, there's nothing in this movie that even shows even remotely that. And then, and then when an Endgame comes, and I already have some spoilers from that, just from other stuff, but it, it, it it's like it's it's making me not really in the believable aspect of it. So it's like and on that, that and, and that goes back to the character development part of it. It's like. You know, in the beginning of the movie, she was like super hardcore badass. At the end of the movie, she's super hardcore badass. It was like, where are the human traits of some vulnerability, some um, not being sure of yourself? And it's like, you know, maybe on some level they didn't want to show that because, you know, they would feel that that's showing a woman to be weak. But no, it's just showing a woman to be human. And that was... Let me jump in there. Let me jump in there. If this were a man, and I'm not Mm -hmm. going the the, you're a sexist route, but if this were a man... (laughs) We wouldn't be making these statements because the dude's not going to show any vulnerability. Arnold Schwarzenegger does not show vulnerability. Mark Wahlberg does not show vulnerability in, in those types of roles. If True. it were in men, we wouldn't be having that discussion. And now, you know but, what I mean? now, but if you put Captain Marvel in the economy, you know, you're, you're absolutely just, right. But the thing is that. Oh, sorry. If you if you put my Captain Marvel, if you put Captain Marvel in that context, one hundred percent. If you put Captain Marvel in the context of the last five years or even ten years, then it's like okay. And I asked, I was asking other people this question. I was like, "Is Captain Marvel better than Ant Man?" And I'm like, mm, "I can't say it. It is because I think it's on par." I, I think the, I think the character development in Ant Man was better in terms of like showing it was. Scott Lang from the beginning all the way up to the end. Now. It, the more better comparison would probably be an Iron Man because she's supposed to be a Captain Mar- America, an Iron Man type of person, like the sure. top thing. Like in 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 even in that respect, I can't really say the same. So you are correct in the same and asking me like, right? If this was a dude, we would have been like, oh, he's a cocky dude. He's one note. He's kind of boring, but we don't really care. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and and that, we would have glossed over. Sold, it. You're, you're how many right. Movies have me, we watched that no, no, you're you're absolutely right, Josh. The difference, the difference I would say with Arnold Schwarzenegger is like he's a way worse actor overall than Brie Larson. <laughs> we know we know Brie Larson has the ability. That's the thing. Chops, if Brie right. Larson was a bad actress, I'd be like, oh, Josh, you're absolutely right. Okay, um, so let's, movies, let's 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 movies, let's well, let compare say, against a Tom Cruise. Movies, mm-hmm. Okay, so all right, so Tom Cruise, um, I think, so I would say in Mission Impossible more recently. We've had Ethan Hunt where he's not 100% sure of what he's doing because he's been mm-hmm. let down so many times throughout the years. So, you know, maybe sure. that's just a, a, a result of being a... And we it all, see a it little all, bit more emotional yeah, and Ethan Hunt also, than we are in Captain Marvel. And we talk about 
and also, I haven't took, seen the movie in so long that yeah. I'm not even sure how to make that comparison. But mm. um, I get what you're saying. But those movies, for me, when I've seen the guy is cocky with no type of character depth, I personally haven't liked those movies. Unless you're talking about Chuck Norris and it's just an absolute joke, then I haven't <laughs> really enjoyed those movies. Well, and, and even for uh, the Tom Cruise in terms of Mission Impossible, it took, you know, a lot of movies for him to get to the point that he's at now where it's sure. like they, they they show Ethan Hunt as a full human where the first couple of them was just very like I'm dope this is what I do just listen but to that, that. but and and that's I, my point I feel like that franchise would not have survived without that foundation at least. yeah no you're you a good point I mean? like he's he's kind of one that when 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 it doesn't require much of him he he's he's as one note a human being as you'll ever find yeah. on in, in in film and it works like it yeah. it works and because he's you know he's the soldiery you know man and think about every male in a role in a lead role in a film where they're a spy or they're an assassin mm-hmm. or but they're even the military about, type like the very first mission impossible uh in 93 with tom cruise mm-hmm. in that point it was similar to captain marvel where he didn't he didn't know who to trust because basically uh, all of his comrades have been killed and he'd been, I think, disavowed and he was kind of lost in the sauce. And you could see that anger and emotion about what the hell do I do? Who do I trust? Aside from, but I aside go? from that, you know aside from, and then Captain Marvel, we didn't really get that. She was just like, I'm sure about everything all the way through. I just don't know who I am. But let's, let's keep it real though. There's only one scene where Ethan Hunt emotes in the first one. And that's when he's in the coming from what he thinks is, the coming from the cold meeting with I forget uh, his handlers. Oh uh, yeah, John Voight or whatever. Yeah, yep. and but after that, well, also, also he after switched all, on, son. Well, he's 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 completely. All his comrades get killed. Remember in the beginning when uh, what's his name? Sure, Mighty Ducks, but... co- Mighty Duck coach kills in the elevator, and sure, he's no. just like, yeah, that shit was crazy actually. Okay, yeah, I, I, but my issues to to sort of pivot around all of this. Overall, you're right though. Men get way more leeway for being. Yeah, Yep. So, but my issues with the film more stem from like I I was able to sort of put it in perspective. Yes, her delivery was very one note, but she's a soldier, so that sort of didn't really, in that context, it didn't really it didn't really bother me as much. What did bother me was the characterization of the Skrulls. Um, now there's talk that you know maybe there may be another faction of the scrolls yeah down the line they may whatever whatever i'm cool with all of that if they decide to make the scrolls the jerks and bad guys that we know them to be yeah but i can only deal with what's in front of me right now and they try to play them off of some uh, some refugee type immigrant super type stuff. like super duper refugee cool. you know uh sympathetic and tallow t- i've been calling this man talos for like since I was 10 years old. So it's hard for me to now switch over and say Talos. So Talos is a jerk. He's yeah. A dick. Uh, He's a dick. And he really wasn't like, he was sympathetic. I didn't, I wanted Ben Mendelsohn like we got in, um, in, uh, in Rogue One. Just oh. an irascible jerk. Yep. Where like everything that comes out of his mouth is just anti the good guys. Yeah. And you really don't like. I I walked away from Rogue One not liking uh, director Krennic at all. Yeah. Because he's a bad guy. He's yeah. a bad bad guy. Yeah. He's and, anti the good guys. And, and I think and know, I think that's the part that I think you know some and just from a. Uh, Again, just look at it from as a movie, not as a statement. Like there, those are those parts that was really just getting me annoying because it was just kind of like, yo, you guys yeah. are really trying to tell me that the scrolls are some immigrant refugees from the yeah, all powerful mighty and, and, empire, and I, and I was just like, I'm not, I'm not buying you know, it. Man. That, that didn't bother me, and and I, 
initially I thought it would, but to make it kind of like, I guess, an allegory for what's going on today. Sure. Um, because, you know, they also said that, you know, we both made mistakes on, on each side of, of this war, on this Kreskor war. So mm-hmm. it's, maybe the audience goers that haven't been steeped in 50 years of, of Marvel history don't realize how bad the scrolls are. But as fans of Marvel, we know that at Ooh. some point in the future, there could be a secret invasion. Of, yeah, 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 exactly. And I think they can just flip and, it right well, back around. But again, dealing with what we have in front of us, it was it feels like they wasted those characters completely. Yeah, true. Because yeah, exactly. Talos, Talos is that dude. Like he's um, the, he's an imperialist. He's yo scrolls scrolls forever. Yeah, and you know anything, well, but, but anything we don't to know advance their cause. Yeah, and but Talos could have just like made these alliances just because it's what he needed to do at the time. As yeah, a, you know, and, and to bring it back you know. to the whole thing, I think you know, I think they uh, they really glossed over the Kree Skrull uh, war yes, in a way that man. was just like it's something that's like a really big pivotal part in in the Marvel like universe, and they're just kind of like, yeah, there was a war, Kree won, Skrulls are on the run, that's it. I was like, damn, that's it. Like there's there's and to be yeah, fair, he, like like you said, there's, there's we can only judge what's in front of us. We right. don't know what the thing, you know, there was already rumors talking about the secret evasion might be the third act, third, right. third way, whatever. So maybe, you know, maybe they get to expand on it, blah, 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 blah. But like, mm-hmm. I thought it was, um, yeah, I thought it was almost a waste of, of quote unquote bad guys to kind of just do it the way they did. And I think sometimes yeah, like, man. and it was in in the reveal too with the because like the Cree are always dicks they've always been dicks this is what sure. it is so that part wasn't a stretch and then but yeah when i saw the scroll as being like the refugees i was like uh really like these are so like, really fucked up talking about a wasted moment um uh the tesseract did not need to be in this movie nah at all that was ridiculous okay that's a <laughs> i mean it 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 worked air quotes I guess. Right, right, right but there was not like when, like, it, like again, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, cool!" But I didn't yeah, was like, the, "Oh, whereas, right, right, right." The tesseract should have been a a, a holy crap moment. For yeah, sure. exactly. And I think that that was it, it. It didn't hit as hard as I think the writers wanted no. it to. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that um, that just kind of just compounded on the luck. Like I think I think and overall, I would say my displeasures with the movie was more the writing than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think that like they they like. Put the they put they went uh ham on the the overly like you know she's a badass woman thing and to the point of just agnosium but then like the even just on the nerdy level from thing like the the misuse of the scrolls the tesseract just being there just for no reason yeah like in, and you know it was it was the bumbling and the bumbling of the men definitely yeah like even that, Sam it's Sam Jack saved it though Sam Jack did would save you say, it would you say Josh the bumbling of the what the bumbling the bumbling men definitely subtracted oh, yeah, from yeah, it a little yeah, bit like yeah. I think. I get where they were going and I appreciate why they did it. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't sit quite the same way that it does for me as it does with everybody else. That said, I think that it's still subtracted. I think it would have served better, personally speaking, if it was less bumbling men and more like these guys are already who they're already becoming who they're supposed to be. Colson is already that dude. Sam Jackson is on the way to being that dude. And, and you know the funny and thing. And so about you have these hold on, hold on. Let me finish. And so, you know, you have the future, the future director of Shield, the two future directors of Shield, both being like the Shield agents that got them where they wound up in their careers. And then here comes Carol Danvers, and she's among peers. 
that to me would have worked better yeah. than, you know, almost the, the you know, the who's oh, the okay, Carol, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that, no, that you're, you're that's right. just that uh, because I think you have so little time to tell these stories and you have so many things that you're trying to accomplish that um, the, the precedent of making sure that she's perceived as a strong woman takes over everything and and the funny thing is the 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 take that you had josh i've seen some articles that there are the exact opposite that she was um throughout the movie always came by a man that was like telling her what to do and her following through hmm. uh, I, yeah i don't see that okay i, don't I can see that because I, I mean, because so I think because but... the one guy that did do that was Jude Law, and she eventually shook loose of that. But yeah. they made a point of separating them. Like it was established at the beginning of the movie, he's her commanding officer. He tells her what to do. He's it's clear that he's pulling the strings and sort of manipulating the pup, the puppet marionette. And as soon as they give you that, they take it away, and she's left out in the wild. She has no idea what's going on, where she is, who she is, and she goes about investigating that pretty expertly with no with only guide support from the men around her and i think that the, to me worked and i think with that respect like, i think the handling of jude law's character worked well with her and that aspect like that's Agreed. the only that's the only arc of the story that i saw like i saw it like at the beginning she was like this is my this is the person i'm learning from he's he's definitely a badass but i know i'm powerful and i gotta get there but then by the end of the movie she's like no i'm better than you I can go do stuff. You, you need to tell these dudes what's what. I'm coming for them. So, like, that was the only arc of the whole movie that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this perfect big. But then anything else, like you said, if if Carol Danvers was amongst peers with Coulson and Sam Jack, and then, it's, and then they're all on the same equal level. And, and then she's, she's doing the same thing. And she's wilding out like that, then it'd be like, oh, she's a badass. But yeah. instead, instead, they were just kind of like, She's kind of a badass, but these dudes are really incompetent. Okay, now she's even more of a badass. And I was like, but, damn, it didn't make no sense. Cause and this is not even a like a oh, why they gotta make the dudes all bad thing. It was just kind of like it almost was a, didn't really make didn't make sense. Like I was like, yo, it would have actually been better for Sam Jack to be freaking a Nick Fury badass and then get sunned by Captain Marvel. And I'd have been like, Oh, you just got sunned. And he's like, Yeah, I got sunned. That's you're, right. you're you're right, Cam, but a lot of that stuff takes a back seat to like, yo, yeah, you're right. You have to make right. sure that we want Carol Danvers you want a badass. And like I think in yeah, the regular position. world, it's going to work out a lot differently. There's gonna be a lot more gray area in terms of the back and forth between people who's leading, who's following, how, how sometimes that switches back. It's a lot more complicated, but, you know, there, there is an, there's an agenda to make sure that things are perceived in a certain way. And that's fine because, you know, maybe that's just what these times in the movie calls for. Yeah, no, you're right. At the end of the day, it absolutely calls for that. And I think the fact that the fact that there are women that I know who are at the minimum, at least as well versed in terms of what makes a quote unquote good film as the three of us and the rest of our extended crew, the fact that they're like, yo, this was brilliant. This was brilliantly done. This was handled properly. To me says, at least for me, that there's a little bit more work that I need to do because I know that there are things that I don't see that they saw that they were like, nah, son, you don't even understand. This is a well done film. But you know, and, I, I don't even. Oh, sorry. You guys finished, Josh? Uh, well, just to wrap, just to wrap up and say, you know, like I said, I feel like there are things that there's there's some adjustments to my eyesight that I may need to make as a man, that you know, that so so that my vision comes closer in line to theirs. The same way, 
that there were white people who were like, I don't get the big deal. Why are you guys losing your minds over, over Black Panther? And our response, generally speaking, was, then it wasn't for you. Shut up. <laughs> but you know what, Josh? I think it's both and. It's not necessarily either or. Either you have the site or you don't. It's like, on one level, it's like we can objectively critique the film based on, you know, oh, sure. comic fans and film fans. And it's like, um, is there something I'm not seeing that the women are seeing that it makes the film better than it is? Personally, I don't think so. Just on the the level of there's a, a level that women are going to relate to to this that we're just never going to understand because we're not women. We can sympathize with what they're going through and how they feel. And but we're uh, to that level, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So on a certain level, it's like I can judge that and and totally have my uh, views on it, but still giving it a B minus, but being okay with that woman with the woman's uh, grading of an A plus because of what it does for her. Yeah, exactly. And and to, and to bring it back to kind of bringing it back is like, you know, um, with the Black Panther comparison as well, like we can say, yo, Black Panther, first two acts were amazing. The third act, ooh, yeah. not so good. <laughs> and be okay, with, be okay with saying that. And I think the, for me, I think, you know, I just didn't like, I think like Captain Marvel is like, I see what, I think what it was was like, I see what you're doing. And like, mm. that's what made, that's what got to me was this like made it, made it more cringeworthy where it's like, if you're gonna do all these things, you know, and someone asks us like, okay, well, name another movie um, that is woman fit, that's woman led, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was just like, oh, okay, uh, like I said, Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, you know, Salt actually was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's like, there's all these different women where movies were like, and again, this it had the same level of what same they're looking impact. for and same impact, but just in a different way. However. Right bringing it back to the Marvel aspect of it. Now that Marvel is now is for everyone. Now it's not just us, you know, we, <laughs> it just used to be the nerds. Now we have to let it go. It's, it's everyone now. Right. Um, the impact of it is just as the same level of the impact of, you know, with, uh, you know, black Panther or um, <laughs> like uh, someone said about crazy rich Asians, AKA yellow Panther, <laughs> <laughs> but that same level of seeing yourself on screen in a way that is inspirational and inspiring and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, so on that respect, that's part we can, we can accept that and we can, you know, shut up and listen when they say that, but then also be like, but I think yeah, it's right. <laughs> but, but, yeah constructively, you know, constructively and, uh, and objectively, these things are, what subtract from it as a film yeah not as a women's not not you know not because it's a woman not because of it's anything else except that this is the the bar that's been established for marvel films and in these specific categories it falls a little short yeah and i think the uh what they did well um will pay dividends on you know going on forward because much like black panther mm-hmm. and 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 with you know wonder woman like it will help usher in the neck those like those copycats and hopefully that will help it even more you know yeah repetition like, exactly repetition will create you know, will create better films one wonder Woman passes yeah wonder woman helped with the you know um make shining a light on more women directors you know uh mm-hmm. black panther shined a light on uh mining more um african-american ips for different like stories and that kind of stuff sure. so and those aspects and those positivities realms awesome and then also too like again the movie's not for us. We're three black men in our, you know, 30s, 40s, and that's just not a movie for us, and we can be okay with that and still watch it, and whether we enjoy it or not, and still understand why it has a cultural impact, and I think right. that's that, at the end of the day, is the part that you, 
is uh is like it's a respect part where it's like I still respect the villain. Agreed. It's just, just I could just say I don't like it and I am beacon and articulate why without being offensive or just being like oh Agreed. I'm accommodating. Well, you think you can. You think you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> when these words come back to haunt me when I run for Senate in uh, 2030, just want to let everybody know I love women. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think in that respect, that's. That would be my thing. And like, you know, I watched it with my girlfriend. She completely loved it. She had so much fun. She laughed at every joke, every part that she was uh, snippy or snide to another dude or put, or you know, sunned a guy or threw a guy into Mm -hmm. a wall. Like she loved all of it. And she's not a comic book fan. She watches most Marvel movies, but not every one of them. And so she for, for that audience and then that's who they were actually going for. They 100% knocked out the park. They deserve all the monies that they're getting for it. And it makes perfect sense. You know, something just popped into my head about Infinity, even as much as you and I loved Infinity, um, even even Infinity had sort of a bumbling male mm-hmm. component to it because Captain America was just a complete buffoon. Most of that, most of that, uh, most of that arc, Captain yeah. America. So Captain, so basically Infinity is sort of an interstellar thing. And okay. so basically uh, everybody agrees, yo, we need to see control of this to Carol because this is her department. This is her. Oh, got it, got it. She knows, she knows everything about space stuff. Yeah, we're space just stuff. here. So we're going to be here to support. So Cap has been the perennial eternal leader of the Avengers, but even he was like, yep, got back off. And so what they did was instead of like, there were certain things where like, it was almost like what should have happened was Carol should have been the Picard to Captain America's Riker in that scenario. He should have been the second officer. <clears throat> And there were far too many times where she tried to confab with Cap and he was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Instead of him being like a strong support role for her, he it was just all up to her, which was dope. And she and they wrote it brilliantly. Like she was just a G throughout the whole thing and made some straight power moves and crazy plays and you know, uh used the team in ways. Thing. Use the, team, use the team in ways them, that you hadn't seen them people. used before. And she just, from top to bottom, just ran it. But the one problem that I had with it, and it's the only problem I had with it, was every time that she tried to, you know, do the, the Picard-Riker confab, like, yo, these fools are bugging out. What you think we should do? I don't know, Carol. Okay, all right, so this is what we're going to do then. That's kind <laughs> of how, how it wound up being every single time. And that's my thing. Somebody doesn't have to be... Lesser than for another person to be equal. Yeah, some, some, yeah. Uh, in an ideal I, world, yes, but yeah. sometimes it's yeah. Out and, I, and I think that I think that's the you know the uh, the the black sidekicks is something that I noticed as well. Where it was like you know I thought they did a good job of treating that because usually you know there's always the black sidekick that's clearly better than the than the main character, but then they're the sidekicks so are not going to do much. And I thought that the uh Maria Rombo wasn't that which was awesome. I think they handled yes. her I think they handled her really really well. Yes. Uh, they set up they set it up really dope. Um you know, they set it really good with the with Monica Rombo being uh, like 10 years old in 1990. Yep. That means Perfect. you know, now she'll be in almost 40. You know that that all I, that shit worked out I, well. Yeah, I I seriously thought that Monica was going to be like, a, "Hey, look, it's Kid Monica. All right, bye." And yeah. she was absolutely she lent the film like Cliff was saying there was a lot of weight that was sort of missing in the film that her character lent lent it heavily. Like her relationship with Auntie Carol and just the kid's a star, first of all. She was she was brilliant. You know, she, she all, all every scene that she was in, she lit up the screen. 
Um, but yeah, I think she they they handled the 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 idea of that character being out there and being you know uh, in the Marvel universe as a future hero that that was seeded perfectly. Yeah, and I thought that was dope. And I think you know the you know it was a good it's a good thing where now the non comic book fan can be like, oh, who's Monica Rambo? And mm-hmm. you know that I'm glad for that. That's gonna be like super super dope because like yeah, the, the foreshadowing was de- the foreshadowing definitely hit you over the head. We were like, yeah, you don't know, I could be you know somebody who does something later on maybe. <laughs> You know, so to wrap it up, like, where does this fall? One, two things. One, where does it fall in the origin mm-hmm. stories of the other movies? Mm-hmm. And two, where does it fall in the MCU as a whole being a movie? For yeah, me, I think <laughs> it falls. I think it falls somewhere around Doctor Strange, Ant Man, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have it like, I would say a little bit below Ant Man. Um, maybe equal to Doctor Strange. Um yeah, I think it's I think it's right there. So I would say tied with Ant-Man uh probably above Doctor Strange. Yeah, I, I would say the same. I think it's above Doctor Strange, but I think it I, I think it's a little bit before below Ant-Man, but um I think in that realm and to, honestly the best like to me, sadly, the best part of the movie was the cutscene, which was not directed by the people that directed it. <laughs> I hated the <laughs> But it was like, dude, it was you could tell one, it was, you could tell it wasn't directed by the people that made Captain Marvel. Two, it was like super ridiculously quick and dumb. But I was like, oh, okay, I know what you guys are doing. I did not love it. And so I was just like, all right. After after being annoyed at the whole movie and I saw that, it made me laugh. So that's why mm-hmm. I, that's why I liked it. Oh wait, you're talking about the, the end scene, the end cut scene credit? or the mid credit? Uh the mid credit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Mid credit oh. pissed me off. It was it was it was <laughs> Really? And and not yeah, because it was so she it's just it was a throwaway. Yeah, it was a throwaway. Like, are we spoiling or like? Are nah, we yeah, talking we, out yeah, the we, while? yeah, we were right, talking cool. about yeah. So Yo, yeah, you'll find out you just, tomorrow. To me, I feel like the the and I said this to Cam the the day of. I felt like the better thing to do would have been you know beeper starts stops transmitting. Banner goes over to another monitor like yo, there's something hurtling towards Earth with the same signature as the as the receive end of the beeper and like yo oh crap it's not hurling towards earth it's hurling towards avengers headquarters yeah. they go outside she does the superhero landing massive explosion she's coursing with energy hairs you know floating in the air and then she goes where's fury q avengers theme cut to black see you when when end game rolls out and that's that's how you that's how you insert her into the, into the Avengers Damn, you, and they did not much. do no that. time, no time. But I could have taken the same amount of time. Yeah, that no, you're right. The exact same amount of time and had a much more as the lead into Endgame. That would have had that would have gotten me amped, regardless of whatever happened in the movie, whatever your opinion is of the movie. For me, the lead in the the mid credit scene was that leads into Endgame is supposed to get me charged. Yeah. So whoever did whoever's decision it was to just drop her in the room with them, to me like, just you're, you're you, right, you, you sold. It was like you said, it was an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. It felt like it. It felt like it. Yeah, I think I think it was an afterthought. It was something one of those things where I'm like, you know, okay, in games coming up. Uh, people kind of care about this, but we know they do because a we purposely made the the, the date on International Women's Day. B we made it in March, which is Women's History Month, <laughs> and so uh, 
all these things are all on point. You know, they know they're doing this for a reason. Yeah, I mean, um, they did the same thing with Black Panther. They released it at the beginning of Black History Month. Yeah, I was fine with. I'm fine with all that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think it, it, I mean, they're props to the marketing department for picking for picking I, both those both yeah, those release dates. Super smart on that. It respect, works, you know, on that it aspect. Works. Um, but yeah, I think one of those things is like that's the again. It goes back to the what I said from the beginning. It's just like everything was painfully obvious as opposed to actually having some type of like nuance to it just kind of like ah captain marvel's here yay cool <laughs> so, so one more one more negative nitpicky nitpicky uh artist thing the color palette for that movie was was pretty bad good point okay it, okay. yeah no that's, no, that's a good point it's okay. definitely a good point like there, there were moments where you really didn't know while they were fighting through corridors like what was going on because the lighting was so dim. Like I said, it's a I feel like that's a lot thing, of but... films these days, though. That's my complaint with a lot. Because even, like, Titans. Titans, some of the corridor, mm-hmm. like, some of the tighter fight scenes and corridors or whatever, it's just cameras flipping around and you don't really, you know, it's exactly what I just did with my hands. It's this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then all and of we, a sudden, somebody's on the floor. Through, we've seen it reflected through, like, Doctor Strange and a few other a few other of the Marvel movies where it's just, I don't know who's color grading this. Is there, it's not good. Uh, yeah, depending. and I, depending. I actually, and I was, I would go back to the same the other thing. The nasty, other na- negative part was just like, you know, I thought the fight scenes were just like, ugh, it was on some Iron Fist level. It was just I like, yeah. do not agree with that statement. Just like, like you're talking me. about the fight, like the the opening training fight between Jude that, Law. That, that was the that best was part. Good. That was the best well, no, fight. Scene the, the, a better fight scene than that was when she was in the handcuffs. That shit was cool when she had the yeah. fight out of there with her hands. Mm. I'm going to have to watch it again. I'm going to have to watch that. I'm going to watch that part again. I do not. I rebuke your, your Iron Fist yeah, comparison. I can't, I can't go there. There can, be, there can be only one. Justify my level of hate. <laughs> um, but, um, all right, we, 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 we had a good hour. I, fe- I figured Carol would take us over for a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, initially, we're going to do a book review. We could probably do that later. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but one of the things I do want to do is, you know, uh, let's get a couple, like, you know, Final thoughts because I knew Captain Marvel was going to take us a lot, a good, good chunk. Um, uh, fellas, would you guys g- give me your final thoughts? As, you know, we always end the, the podcast on whatever, doesn't matter what it is, it could be whatever you want. We'll keep it in the comic book related uh, situation. But um, final so thoughts. I can't, I can't talk about Odell Beckham Jr. getting traded. Is that nope. what you're saying? Nope. Not this podcast. Cameron. <laughs> Fine. Josh, what's your final word? Comic book related. <sighs> uh, X Men Forever Son. um i think i think the end of captain marvel kind of shook me a little bit i'm like yo is endgame gonna be shaky now because i'm scared but overall i got faith the russos the russos the russos have knocked everything that they've touched out of the park so far knock on my pressed wood desk (laughs) um but yeah yeah i mean all in all could could captain marvel have been better yes uh I think that the things that, that that tugged away from it have very little to, for me, very little to nothing to do with Brie Larson's performance. I think most of it had to do with the substantive things that they surrounded her with that dragged down the movie. Word. Cliff, what's your final word? Uh, my final word, it doesn't have to necessarily be about Captain Marvel, right? No, no, just comics related. Okay. Um, well, uh, initially, because of how the trailers were, I thought... Uh, Shazam was just going to be okay. Maybe it's worth a look on a matinee. Um, and then as like some other uh, pictures and trailers came out, I was like, okay, this looks 
uh, pretty decent. And then I'm hearing like the reviews are okay. So I'm interested to see if Captain Marvel ends up, or excuse me, <laughs> Captain Marvel, 40 and yeah, Shazam. I see, <laughs> I see what you did there, buddy. <laughs> I, I, I'm interested to see if Shazam is actually number one, critically good. And then number two, makes close to maybe at least like a Doctor Strange or uh, maybe a little bit more than that. And if it'll that's the that. case, it'll go over that. But yeah, I, go I think it, it's a good chance that it will. Uh, if the the word and the and it makes enough money, can that be a turnaround for DC? Can they build off of Aquaman making a billion, Wonder Woman, and hopefully a successful Shazam to right the ship, or is this just an anomaly in DC continually making crap? That's, I think it'll. Cool. I think they'll knock it out the park. As a valid, yeah. that's a valid statement. Yeah, that's that's positive. I think the my final word is gonna say. Um, I think that Captain Marvel is equivalent of Aquaman. <laughs> And I say that in a way not to be dismissive, but just saying that it it, it set you knew exactly what you were getting, and it was almost overly that. And I think Aquaman was entertaining, Captain Marvel was entertaining, and but each character or both characters that aren't necessarily super strong in the books, mm-hmm. um, except for actually I'll, I'll pivot Aquaman of lately. This maybe this last year run is actually a really really good book. It, it's really hard. To, it's it's ran, it's random to suggest that, but it actually is a really solid book. Um, but I think both of them were um, so-so characters in the comics, and they they really tried to painfully tell you that this character is cool. <laughs> yeah, and and, yeah. and Aquaman, they in like again, entertaining, whatever. But like they were just like hitting you over the head, like yo, this guy's cool. This guy's cool. Look at his hair. Look at his tattoos. Look what he does. <laughs> da, 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 da. And then like in Captain Marvel, I got I got the exact same. Hey, she's cool. She can fly. She can shoot stuff with the fist. She can fly. She can shoot stuff with her fist. Like it was like, dude, we know she's cool. So like, let's keep it moving, you know. So I think for for DC, just on a, a I think the Shazam level, I think they're they finally kind of uh, got it that. Their audience, they want their audience, they want to be different than Marvel in terms of being a little bit more darker and having a more theme set by mm-hmm. Nolan, Nolan the God. But I think now they're starting to understand that not everything has to be that aspect of it. And so I think Aquaman was their first test to be like, you know what, let's just sit, make something fun. And it worked. Shazam, same level, because literally Shazam is a 12-year-old Superman. That's what the character is. It's true. And so if you get away from that, it doesn't make sense. So now I think this will work in terms of that aspect of it. And so now um, I am curious. I'm more curious to see what Gunn does with Suicide Squad. And I think that uh, that'll be really, really interesting because for someone that took a bunch of misfit, nobody characters that no one cared about to a a, a literally a multi-billion dollar franchise, and now you just gave him the keys to Suicide Squad, which is literally the same thing. (laughs) Like he could do this in his sleep. And so like, you're just like, oh, can, can you possibly do the same thing with Suicide Squad? It's like, come on, man. So I think DC is in a good place. I think it's going to be more on Marvel to kind of keep that pace and keep keep the sure. same energy. Where DC is the quote unquote, uh, they're they're playing behind the eight ball. But then now, if they do something like like I said, Aquaman, not good, but it was entertaining. So everyone was like, Aquaman was great. <laughs> I am very curious to see whether or not uh, Gun goes for like a firm middle finger, like, oh, you thought you thought Guardians was dope. Wait till you see what I do yeah. with Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah and honestly, uh, he I'm, is well I'm within his rights to do it. Yeah, I think I honestly hope I hope he goes ham. Honestly, I think he, I, like the way he got done at the with the the Marvel was really whack, and yep. it was just it was one hundred percent all of a sudden from the top, 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 top. This was not like a calculated thing. So, um, but yeah, man, that shit was a. Uh, I think that was good. Well, fellas, mm. 
good podcast. Thanks for everybody for coming out. And we are out. Deuces. You can listen and download to all of our episodes of The Table of Truth on iTunes. Just search The Table of Truth Podcast.